And welcome to the Healthy Postnatal Body Podcast with your postnatal expert, Peter Lapp. That would be me. Today we are talking diastasis recti again. It's a never-ending subject, really. Today we are joining in the discussion about are there certain exercises that can make your diastasis recti worse or are there not? Opinions are divided and I have the answer. I have the only correct answer. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? If you just wait till after the music, I'm going to give it to you, right? It'll be a good one. Here we go. So hey, welcome to the podcast. It's me, Peter, with my little buddy boy here. Um, who's looking ever, ever so cute. You're very lucky. I might put up a little picture of little bud, bud. Yeah. Anyways, what are we talking about today? This is the podcast for the 18th of April. One more week and the gyms open up in Scotland. Life will be good again. <laughs> um, speaking of which... Speaking of which, gym's opening up. That also means PT is in the air again. And that means, you know, we can slowly but surely start to build everything up. And I should have significantly more to chat about. Because the more people I see, the more questions I get. And the more questions I get, the more I get to talk to you good people on this little podcast. So we're talking diastasis recti and exercise. So the reason for that is... I was on the uh, Girls Gone Strong forum, because Jess sent me there, <laughs> and there was a whole discussion about whether exercise can make diastasis recta worse and what kind of exercises you should avoid and all that sort of stuff. Now, traditionally, it was always said that crunches make your DR worse, and planks make your diastasis recta worse. Uh, basically a better safe than sorry approach. So avoid all these front bearing exercises, front loading exercises and all that sort of stuff is what people used to say. And then it became a case of everybody saying, no, you can do whatever you want. And now it's the, according to one of the ladies, a physiotherapist, so she kind of knows what she's talking about. She was saying that there is, a study has been done and it shows that no exercises will make your diastasis rectal worse. And therefore, personal trainers all around the world are now thinking, you can do whatever you want again. Uh, and they're not right. Um, and I will tell you why, because it's quite an important distinction. If you talk about diastasis recta as solely the gap between the muscles... Uh, whether that is the depth of the gap or the width, then yes, there isn't a single exercise that will make that worse. Other than tremendous load-bearing exercises, such as weightlifting and all that sort of stuff. Uh, lifting really heavy things and holding your breath and all that sort of thing. There isn't a single exercise that will physically make that gap significantly worse if the exercise is carried out correctly. Right? And that's the key phrase there. <laughs> so the key the key thing to take away from that little nugget is not that there isn't an exercise that can make diastasis recta worse. 
it's if performed correctly. And that's where the problem quite often lies, because that is where a lot of postnatal PTs, um, or let me put it, a lot of people that do postnatal PT, that train people um, when they're recently postnatal, that's where they get it wrong. Because an exercise carried out incorrectly can definitely make diastasis recti worse, especially if your definition of diastasis recti is more than just a gap. And I've spoken about this before, right? I've spoken, I speak about this many a times. The definition we use, the description we use for diastasis recti is a gap between the muscles, whether that's depth or width, doesn't really matter, um, along the linear alba, so basically along the line of, uh, on which your belly button sits um, and your solar plexus sits. Uh, so that's straight a straight line there between your ribs all the way down to your to your pelvic bone um to your JJ if you will right um that and and this is the important bit and um not having proper muscle activation or muscle functionality if you will so I see a lot of people, I see a lot of women, uh, and some men as well, to be honest, that do not have a gap in this classic diastasis recti sense of the word. There is not uh, more a gap of more than, say, two and a half centimeters. That is usually when medical professionals talk about DR, they talk about two and a half centimeters or more. Um, now, these people don't have a gap of two and a half centimeters or more, but they have really, really poor muscle functionality. Um, that is still diastasis recti. It has to be part of that discussion about diastasis recti because it matters when you do exercise. It matters when you function in life. It matters for everything you do, whether you're walking or lifting things or, you know, holding a child or pushing a buggy or whatever you do, muscle functionality matters. It's actually really, really, really important. So if you take that out of the equation, the muscle functionality, and you just say a plank cannot make your separation any worse, which is technically correct, then you ignore a very important chunk of it. Because what a doing a front-loading plank without having proper muscle functionality, especially core strength, because that's what we're talking about then, right? Your core not functioning properly whilst holding that plank. What that teaches your body to do is to cheat. And that teaches other muscles to engage when they shouldn't be engaging. That teaches other muscles to do the job of your core muscles. And this leads to things such as back pain. And by back pain, I mean chronic back pain. And the sort of postnatal back pain I talk about a lot. Back pain caused by the muscles not functioning properly. <clears throat> Sorry. And that really matters. And this is why it's a little bit disappointing that this gets lost in the chat that this particular physio had. I'm not naming names, right? Because um, he is, technically, she's correct. Um it's a bit of a shame that that gets lost in the, the statement that this physio made about um, about diastasis recti. They're not about there not being a single exercise that can be made worse by um, 
uh, not being a single exercise that can make your diastasis rectal worse. A crunch in and of itself will not make your diastasis rectal worse. It won't make it better, because that's not what crunches do, but it won't make it worse. Right? Um, A crunch executed poorly can make your diastasis rectal worse. And by executed poorly, I don't mean that you are doing the crunch wrong. As in, you actively are doing something incorrect. I mean it in the way that your body is not sure which muscles to use and when, and therefore you are performing it incorrectly, as in you, as in your body is doing it incorrectly. And that will make your diastasis rectile worse. Again, not necessarily the gap, although the gap also won't be improved by this, but the core functionality and the muscle functionality. And it teaches your body to function incorrectly, which will inevitably always cause cause you problems later on. This is why when you do a good postnatal program, such as the HPMB program, um, right? That is the one I want you to do. Um, or indeed Mutu. Mutu is also pretty good for this. Is that the first four to six weeks of any any good program is spent on on muscle activation. So glute activation, core activation, whatever you want to do, um, is by focusing on squeezing the muscles and having the muscles work in the right order, doing the right thing. For diastasis recti, a lot of that means that your breathing needs to be bang on, which is why we do that core breath thing, right? Before and after any set. And of course, during any set of exercises as well, but we start any session by doing the core breath 10 times to make sure that oh yeah, we're telling our body, oh yeah, this is how I want you to breathe. This is how I want you to engage the muscles in this order. And it doesn't mean you can squeeze all these muscles really, really hard from the get-go or even during an exercise, but it teaches the body how to move and how to function properly. If you never think about that stuff, the diastasis rectal will get worse because your muscle, muscle functionality will stay poor. And if that doesn't improve, then you're kind of just wasting your time. Then you're more exercising for weight loss. And that's when you get to the stage where a lot of um, people, especially women, find themselves at two, three years later when they've done all the all the programs and they've done the exercises um, and they do the classes and all that sort of stuff. And they then come and say, I've done everything, I have lost the weight, but I still have diastasis recti. And if you, after three years of trying, still have diastasis recti, it's because your muscle functionality is not great. And that is not your fault. That is uh, the fault of your PT or your program or whatever. So I'm not blaming you for that. I'm just saying that that is what the problem is. Um, I have to put these little caveats in all the physical emails. Ah, sorry, I'm yawning. I had an apple. And when I have an apple, I get tired. For that is my life these days. And that's what you get if you're an old white man. Um, so if after two years of trying um, to get fit, so to speak, to get in shape postnatal, um, postpartum, you find you still have diastasis recti, as in the gap and all that is still there, and the, the swollen belly or the cone in, the, the doming and all that sort of stuff, that, that little cone is still there, then that is because your muscles aren't functioning properly. So we always have to address that first before we do anything. 
right? So that's why I always say certain exercises will absolutely make your diastasis recti worse if you take muscle functionality into account. Not the exercise itself. It's you doing them before you are ready. So as I spoke about before with regards to YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff, I get a lot of email asking about one or two YouTube channels that have diastasis recti workouts on them. Um, if you do anything out of the natural order of progression. So you don't start off easy, uh, build that up, but you immediately start doing things that are actually quite a bit too tough for your body, such as front-loading planks tend to be, or things like bicycle crunches and all that sort of stuff. Even side planks can be too tough for people. Um, then um, then you will definitely make your diastasis erectile worse because you teach your body to cheat. Right, there's an order. The, the reason we're starting with really boring things like heel slides and glute bridges and all that sort of stuff is because once you've been pregnant for nine months and you've put your little baby out and all that sort of stuff and you've had a couple of weeks rest, your body kind of just needs to do some rehab. Your body needs to recover from this. Postnatal exercise in the beginning should always be rehab exercise. Getting your body, back, everything back to where it should be. Getting it functioning properly again. That is all rehab exercise is. Getting things functioning properly again. Doesn't matter whether it's the shoulder or, or your belly or your pelvic floor or whatever. And once you do that, then you can progress to all the more difficult things. Right? So as, such as full-on leg raises and bicycle crunches and Zumba classes and, and hit burpees and all that sort of stuff. But if you do these things in the wrong order, your diastasis recti can absolutely 100% get worse if you include muscle functionality as part of that definition. And you really, really should. So next time somebody asks you um, what diastasis recti is, and I know a lot of you will, um, will be asked this, because you'll have friends that have uh, that you'll have discussions about this sort of thing with. Um, for that is the way of the world, right? Um, and then I hope you tell them diastasis recti is the gap, and maybe a bit of doming and all that sort of stuff um, between the muscles, the width of the gap, the depth of the gap, which we know is important, which I've always said is important, um, although it's much more difficult to measure, so we don't. Because uh, it's not that relevant how deep it is. It's just if it's too deep, you train that up. And muscle functionality. And when all the muscles function properly and you have a gap, that's okay. You train that gap out. If you don't have a gap, but your muscles aren't functioning properly, that's okay. You just do the muscle functionality stuff. Right? It is possible. It's completely possible to not have a gap and yet still have very poor core engagement this is what we find actually it's quite common now in office workers and people that sit on their bum all day um doing whatever job it is for 10 12 hours a day they have no core engagement at all loads of guys have this so you know if your husband or partners or whatever uh, who's not given birth also has a very weak core then they can do a postnatal exercise program first first four to six weeks 
get that muscle engagement back and then train them up. But that's much better. That's a much better way of doing it than them doing all of a sudden going back to the gym doing a thousand sit-ups a day or a thousand crunches or whatever because that does nothing for muscle functionality. Well, that was boring enough, Pete. What else do we have? Well, that's an excellent question. In the news this week. It's this week and it's in the news. Just a very quick one. Uh, not such a pleasant subject, but a lot of you have emailed me and because a lot of my clients have these things. The Peloton treadmill. Um, yeah, so there is a problem with the Peloton treadmills in that kids can get stuck underneath them, which is just insane. Um, there was a kid in Seattle that got caught underneath one. And the the regulator in the US says that listen, you, you shouldn't use these around kids anymore. Um or indeed around pets. Right? The Peloton treadmill is essentially very poorly designed. There is um the rear roller of the treadmill should have a little plate underneath. Most most treadmills have, have a protective plate there. Um and the Peloton one doesn't. And that means that you can get, uh, small things can get caught under there. And now Peloton is saying that, yeah, you shouldn't exercise near your kids and all that sort of stuff, but that's hokum, of course, right? So please, if you're considering buying a treadmill, make sure you buy a safe one. And if you have a Peloton treadmill, you need to block that thing off. Um, Kids and dogs and cats and hamsters and all that sort of stuff should not be anywhere near that thing. It's a it's a very very big safety failure, and I expect Peloton to be issuing some stuff soon um, with regards to um, some sort of fix. I expect them to issue some sort of fix relatively soon. Um, because I have to. And it'll be like a $20 thing, and I don't know, these treadmills are like $4,000 or something like that. But if you do have one, and I know some of you do, uh, I know most most of you have the bike, uh, if you have any Peloton thing. And this, again, this is... The reason I part bring this up is as a safety announcement. It also shows me that a lot of the Peloton stuff, as a plane goes over overneath, uh, goes goes on overhead and overneath jesus pay some attention um let me say that again a lot of the peloton stuff is style over substance that is my problem with peloton people always ask me whether peloton is great and i think peloton style over substance it's all this the classes are fine they're very slick but again, style over substance. I know better classes. <laughs> better classes are out there for a lot less. Uh, better bikes have been made as well. The Watt bike is a much better bike. Um, and it's about a grand less than the Peloton one. Treadmills, you don't need to pay $3,000 pounds for, for a treadmill. And the classes are, like I said, they're expensive. And this is kind of what the problem is of all these things that have come out uh, recently. There's a Fit TV, Peloton, all those sort of things. These are not specialist classes. These do not replace your um, good local personal trainer. 
They replace your bad local personal trainer, <laughs> but not your good one. So, you know, as the gyms are opening up again, please, 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 please consider going back to your PT. My book is already full, so I'm not really that fast. Uh, <laughs> on a very selfish level. Um, but go back to your PT and say, listen, I need to work with you again. Because uh, those guys and girls can do with your support because they've had a rough year, right? Um, so, and stay away from Peloton. Don't spend 4000 What's wrong with you spending £4,000 on, $4, on a treadmill? They should be cheaper anyways. That's it for this week. A nice short podcast because I've got nothing else to talk about, uh, as you can tell. But you know why waste your time? There's a lovely bit of music coming up. You have a tremendous week. Peter at healthypostnatalbody.com. If you have any questions or comments, just want to call me an asshole. I, I get those emails now. Uh, much appreciated, always, as always. <laughs> and um, that's it. Yeah, like I said, it's a slow week. But what can you do? You're going to send me some emails this week, right? Come on, ask your questions. Fire them over. Peter at healthypostnatalbody.com. It'll be great to get some new emails in. And I'll check in on you next week. I'll have them all ready and answered. And we'll have a full half hour of me just waffling at a, mile, a million miles an hour. Right, take care of yourself. Bye now. Trying to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Turn me up an headphone. Yeah. Grind it, get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Yeah. Grind it, get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Hey. I grind and get a lot of dough and dirt through all the obstacles Cause anything is possible Yeah Oh man, I got a lot of gold Stack that bread and buy my nose Anything is possible Yeah All I know is get paper All I do is shit major Bought a condo on the top floor When the building's a skyscraper Feeling like I'm Kobe LeBron for the Lakers Feeling like I'm Idris Paul Walker Taker New Roly, no diamonds in it New Porsche, all dimes in it I'm a faction with fine women, Corona extra with the line minutes, just a shapes to Henny. Used to be a penny pincher, now I'm in plenty business. Grind hard, nigga, oh God. Grind hard, nigga, oh God. Yeah, we grind to get a lot of dough and dirt through all the obstacles, cause anything is possible. Hey. Oh man, I got a lot of gold, stack that bread and buy my nose, anything is possible. Hey. Yeah. I grind and get a lot of dough and dirt through all the obstacles, cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. I lean with it, I rock with it. Locks under my socks fitted. Tahoe with the black tent. Houston girl, heavy accent. But my whole swag is magic. High five, fantastic. Make the money stretch like elastic. Making moves that you couldn't imagine. Eating, still watching my calories. Just to pull in that big boy salary. It's just the way that it has to be. I'm a bad boy, Mike Lowry. While I'm sipping this Henny. And all of my niggas is with me. Yeah, grind hard, nigga, oh God. Grind hard, nigga, oh God. Yeah. 
grind to get a lot of dough and dirt through all the obstacles, cause anything is possible. Oh man, I got a lot of goals, stack that bread and bomb nose, anything is possible. I grind to get a lot of dough and dirt through all the obstacles, cause anything is possible. Oh man, I got a lot of goals, stack that bread and bomb nose, anything is possible.